Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The One Up Project podcast. I am here again with Christine Jensen, host of It's No Secret and Marketing Manager at Kernel. How are you, Christine? Yeah, really good, thanks. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good. Very glad to have you back on the pod again because we're going to be talking about something that we both struggle with. And I I wasn't keen to do this episode until I felt like I'd managed it myself. But then on reflection, I was like, do you ever really manage it? And so we're going to be talking about <laughs> sort of self-doubt and comparison. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you who I know has invested a lot in your own personal development. And I'm keen on doing that too. So yeah, I guess on that, I know that you have invested a lot in your personal development recently. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and why you sort of started it? For context, recently, or I'm now on my second kind of life coaching course, you could call it. Um, and this isn't the start of my journey. I've done quite a bit of um, coaching in the past. And my main kind of driver for wanting to do it originally was I wanted to be better and to get better and to grow and be open minded and really be you know, a high performing person that crushes life essentially. But I understood that my current mindset and the place that I was operating from wasn't going to get me there. So I guess everyone comes from a different circumstance and has experiences, whether that is, you know, in their current reality or growing up and all that kind of stuff that shapes our perspective um, that we have today. Right. And so I guess looking at my upbringing, there were parts of that, that I really didn't agree with or that I kind of wanted to change my mindset around and I think in order to do that you really have to be willing to invest money and time and energy into changing that deeper kind of stories that you have the mindset Um, and so that for me in the past has looked like therapy and now it's um, coaching and potentially therapy again but yeah I mean there's no shame in doing it it's just it's not talked about enough I think and um, it's a hu- it can be a huge expense that a lot of us aren't willing to justify either um, like for example this course that I'm doing was about six grand and that's a lot of money um, and a lot of people I can appreciate don't have that type of money sitting around to then invest in something like that but I guess if you do have the means possibly considering how you could fit something like this into your budget. Mm, Totally. I think it's actually incredibly courageous to bring yourself to that level of self-awareness to one, recognize that it's something you need to do or want to do, and then two, actually going and actioning that. And were you sort of hesitant about doing that at first and kind of, I guess, coming to those personal realizations? Yeah, definitely. I mean, growth isn't comfortable. If anything, Mm. you're basically (laughs) paying to be pushed in areas that you, you know, don't like to go. So I think you have an amount of fear of what's going to come of that growth. And, you know, are you going to have to force to change those habits that you it's easy that are easy to sit back in. So that's one part. But then also, I guess, financially, you know, that that six grand could be put towards a house or in my in shares or things like that. Mm. So there's there was a lot of hesitancy around that, especially in, I guess, the phase of life that I'm in and that I, I am trying to build wealth. Like what is the opportunity cost there? Um, but 
yeah, I, I feel like it is quite a mindset shift in how you think about investing in yourself as well and what that expense means, because I would see it as an investment in myself. And a lot of people, you know, are more than happy to do things like insure their house or their car. Um, but do we ever think about insuring our income or like, you know, how are we investing to grow our assets um, rather mm. than just protect it? If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. I feel like you were the first person and I wasn't sure, couldn't remember if this was on It's No Secret or a conversation we'd had in person. But I remember you saying that you'd stopped sort of investing in the traditional sense into the share market and more investing into yourself. And you'd kind of inspired me in that moment to think, oh, yeah, OK, I don't have to just be putting all of my money into the share market and and I've always been like so pro self-development I'm very much a huge believer that you have to invest in yourself but it was like I was almost I guess limited by my own beliefs about saving and that needing to be prioritized over my own development like internally um and so how did you deal with coming to that decision to forfeit savings or investing to invest in yourself like was that something you came to on your own or with the support of other people that's a great question I think you know deep down what you want to do and it's easy to look for validation from other people as to you know oh should I stop investing and invest in myself or should I which one should I do but I also think yeah I guess for me I went to people that I wanted to affirm what I really wanted so because I feel like often you go to people and you know what they're going to tell you based yeah. on what like that person right and how well you know their perspectives <laughs> so I kind of like looked to go to people who would affirm what I wanted to do um yeah so I, I probably did lean on other people in that regard but also yeah I I don't know it's it's hard to Hard to answer, I think, in some ways. Yeah, and I also think it's probably one of those things that you can't just force yourself to be ready to do that or to understand that. It probably takes a bit of like gradual understanding to get to the point where it's like, okay, well, maybe you'll think, oh, well, nothing else is working. I don't know where to go from here. So I need to make the decision that this is actually worth it. I think also often you kind of get to a breaking point where there's something in your life w mm. w that is just really either out of control or not good enough for you or something like that or perhaps it's you're a result of your environment and that you know someone that you know passes away and they're not living their life fully or they weren't mm. and then you really want to embody that for the rest of your life I was reading an article about that yesterday actually so I guess for me it was also getting to the point so and this links to probably what we talk about later with my confidence that's something that I really struggle with is you know, I don't want to be this person that doesn't back myself for the rest of my life. Like I want to be powerful and, you know, courageous and all these things. And so it was the frustration of I'm not doing that and I can't get there without make like making this investment. Mm. Um, but I also think that's applicable for, let's say, investing in shares, right? I know for me, my light bulb moment was when I got into debt and then um, realized that, well, I'm not going to grow my wealth if I keep spending money on a credit card. So I need to do something about this and sort my finances out to then mm. be able to grow wealth. So it's, I feel like it is that breaking point a lot of the time that forces a decision or forces an action. Yeah, absolutely. It's so right. And do you have any examples, I guess, of a time where you felt that overwhelming amount of self-doubt or have you recognized times where it tends to come up for yourself personally? Yeah, definitely. So 
I have this kind of one vivid memory where I was just I just finished uni and I started my first job as a marketing coordinator and I I just knew that that specific job wasn't for me and something that I'd always wanted to do was um, go traveling by myself and move overseas but I sat on doing that for probably I don't know a year or something and the reasons why I did that was because I felt like I would be letting other people down I was kind of scared of what Mm. they thought of me if I quit my job you know like that I couldn't stick it out all these kinds of things um and that maybe I couldn't make it overseas if I wanted to move over there so I I, there's a lot of self-doubt and I guess the capability side of like and who am I if I'm not doing what everyone else is kind of doing but I guess I also experience self-doubt in my day-to-day so you know it's anything from making the small decisions of what do I write for social media copy or (laughs) what do we make a podcast about like are people going to judge me on my ideas you know it's it's in so many ways it's and I think it's probably really applicable for other people I mean how do how do you find that it plays out for you in your everyday life yeah no I'm in the exact same and I think ever since lockdown it's become even more heightened in the sense that just I'm kind of doubting my own ability or if I'm being trusted to do something in a work sense especially I'm like oh I don't really know if I'm capable of of that and so much more than I used to Um, and I find that quite hard to deal with because you're trying to like psych yourself up to I guess get over that but you don't really have the tools to do so and um, I guess that's why you know there's so much value in investing in yourself Um, and Mm -hmm. it's one of those things as well when it comes to self-doubt and comparison I feel like I've got all the advice in the world for someone else and all the reassurance (laughs) and all the validation but then you just seem to not be able to give that back to yourself which I also find quite difficult yeah yeah no that's so true it's so much easier to give advice rather than let's say ask questions right and then help people come to their own relaxations but I was just going to ask you on the you mentioned that you feel it more now than before what what has changed from you to feel it now is it that you have more responsibility or you know is there something that kind of drove that yeah I think it is I think it's been given more responsibility wanting to do well I think it's feeling like it's interesting when I was working in accounting if I was given some kind of opportunity or because it wasn't a place that I felt fully like I enjoyed or a a workplace I fully aligned with I wasn't as worried about not doing as well because it was like oh I don't want to be here anyway so it's kind of I think self-sabotage in a way that was like oh, if I do shit then I'm not meant to be here then I can leave kind of thing but now because I feel that I'm actually in the right place um, nice. and I'm happy with what I'm doing I want to make people proud I want to do a good job I don't want to let people down and that's like another thing I've also dealt with all my life is a fear of not letting other people down and moving past that is quite difficult especially when you have to get to the point where you not necessarily have to let people down but you do have to make decisions that will impact people in certain ways and sometimes you've just got to deal with that and move on and realize it's not that big of a deal but that can be such a hard thing when you want to be a people pleaser Um, and I think like women naturally can have this kind of trait as well as like you want to be everyone's best friend um, but that can be a really hard thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I can resonate with that so much. I'm such a people pleaser in so many ways. 
you think you're alone in those thoughts but I had a conversation with someone the other day about something similar and she was like oh my god I was feeling the exact same and I would would have never thought that you felt like that you know you seem so confident I'm just like oh I hate when you have these conversations with people because it's like you know you just realize that you're all the same but you never actually realize that until you talk about it yeah 100% and I think that really speaks to I guess the uh, this idea of imposter syndrome right and that I personally think, and there's a lot of articles out there say that say that everyone at every level experiences, you know, some sort of self-doubt. So I think if you can put that into perspective and know that you're not alone, um, and that that's exactly why we need to be talking about it more, is to destigmatize it, but also provide support for those around you, um, and knowing that you're struggling with the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know something you've talking you've spoken about before is um external accountability. Like what exactly does that mean to you to stay accountable? Like how do you, I guess, keep that in your view when you're actioning these self develop or your self development journey? Yeah, for sure. So I guess going back slightly to what you said about feeling like you want to um perform essentially at a high level. So I guess you know, in order to do that, you make commitments both to yourself and to other people because performance is not necessarily just about like the stuff that you do for other people. In my eyes, for me personally, it's mm. like, you know, exercising every day, meditating twice a day. Um, yeah, that's still a work of progress, but you know, things like that. <laughs> and so it's kind of keeping the commitments to yourself with other people. Um, and so it builds trust with other people and with yourself and knowing that you're going to get the job done and do it well. But I feel like, so, you know, having people around you to hold you accountable to those things to push you forward um, when perhaps you're sitting in self-doubt and call you out when you are, you know, questioning yourself or the situation or, you know, maybe you have blind spots or things like that. So I think that external accountability in that regard is really important um, Mm. because also you it's easy to self-sabotage in so many different ways, or you might not even know that you are. So Mm -hmm. having someone on as an external person to come in and say, Hey, look, did you know this? Or, you know, perhaps you didn't meet a deadline. What's happening there? Because often, you know, why aren't we meeting deadlines? It's because we're worried about something else. It's more often that than it is you're incapable of reading, of meeting the deadline. But I think there's a key part here also. So if you have a commitment not feeling like a failure when you don't meet the commitment it's recommitting to doing it again so that there's a lot of power and confidence and resetting and recommitting and making a new deadline because you're not a failure if you don't miss it if you don't do it the first time it's just what you do from there so as long Mm -hmm. as you're kind of recommitting and going again and trying again then that's also how you build confidence in my eyes yeah I love that so much and I think it also leads into something else you've touched on around Um, confidence is created through building trust with yourself in the sense that you know you can rely on yourself to kind of have your back when you're recommitting so that you know you trust that you'll get it done and then you don't beat yourself up as much because it's like okay well I trust myself that I can put in these boundaries or these commitments in order to achieve the things I want to achieve so you don't need to feel bad about it and then that energy that you would spend beating yourself up like it's just wasted energy 
Exactly. And sometimes those commitments are so unrealistic because we have an, this idea that we can do anything and everything, right? Yeah. So perhaps <laughs> that's another part is if you set the bar so high and then you don't hit it, recommit to something slightly lower and then you feel like you're making progress to build the blocks rather than fail over and over and over. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think there's so much power in putting in boundaries for yourself and like knowing yourself as well and um that kind of reminded me of something I spoke about a couple of episodes back with Sarah from Live Lively was around um routines and setting like a low medium and high routine depending on how you feel on that day or on that week or whatever you've got on and I think it's like that's kind of a concept you can bring into so many things in life is like having you know a base standard for yourself that if you are having a really low confidence day or something like that you know, you're always going, you have that trust with yourself that you're always going to reach at least this stage so you can feel confident and and that you've kept that commitment to yourself and that empowers you somewhat to keep going for the next time. For sure. I think that's a great one. It just got me thinking about how a big story that I have is that I can't do anything consistently and I feel like a lot of millennials perhaps have this with jumping around jobs um (laughs) you know and perhaps spending six months here and there or a year while you're trying to figure out what's for you but to that point of setting the bar lower if you perhaps had the low medium and high um then you can rewrite that story of yes I can be consistent I just need to readjust what consistency looks like yeah absolutely like rewrite the narrative that you're either telling yourself or have been told because I think another thing that we can also grasp onto is like these sort of characters that as millennials and gen z ers we're like being given and so a lot of the time you kind of just see yourself as that person but that doesn't actually you know necessarily mean it's true like I feel often you can kind of you don't even realize it, but sometimes you could pretend to be someone else just through the way you're acting, but it's not like a conscious thing that you're trying to do. It's just based on either what you've been told, how you've been raised, things like that. And then when you start learning more about who you are and actually investing in yourself, you realize, oh, you know, maybe that's not actually how I see the world and I can make those shifts. This is also something that we talk a lot about in the coaching course that I'm doing is that there's a, you can build confidence in solidifying your values. So like mm. you said, really knowing who you are, because when you are in a place of, I know who I am, I know what I stand for, then when people question you or when you're, I don't know, in a situation that doesn't align with what you believe in, you're going to be a lot more confident to stand up and say yes no or otherwise I'm like the biggest believer in understanding your values and that will just guide you through to the the best possible outcome for you in your life it's something else I'd love to to touch on is if you've ever experienced imposter syndrome in your career and I know that you've got some thoughts around this yes I do yeah so I guess (laughs) my thoughts are that I really struggle with the word imposter syndrome or phrase rather, purely because I, the way that I see it is that it's a, a label, kind of like mm. depression and anxiety. So with I think labels can be quite dangerous in that you say, like, I am depressed or I am anxious or I have imposter syndrome. It's about you make it about you rather than the feeling that you're experiencing. So it could mm. be I am experiencing feelings of depression or I am feeling experience of doubt 
you know, which then assumes imposter syndrome. So that's my perspective in that. I don't really like saying it because I think it puts you in a box and then it's really easy to attach to. And then that also kind of becomes the reason why you may or may not do things or like, oh, I can't do this because I have imposter syndrome or my imposter syndrome is really bad or things like that. So, yeah, and I, I guess also if you break down that word, it has a lot of kind of negative connotations attached to it and that what, you know, imposter and syndrome alone, it makes it sounds like, sound like there's something wrong with us. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a little bit of research and interestingly, it was a theory that was originally um, created by two psychologists in the 1970s, so quite outdated, um, which was focused specifically on high-performing women. Um, yeah. And why I find that so interesting is because the, the article that I was reading went on to say, it, when you really think about it, like you know, there's things that are created designed around imposter syndrome. So how many conferences for women do you go to where there's a section that's about overcoming imposter syndrome on the agenda? But do you see those conferences, do you see those titles for men? That is so true. I've never thought about that before, but like, that is just so true. It's honestly, I read that and I was like, this is mind blowing because you're giving so much power to that phrase for us high-performing women to then attach to when really you know perhaps the fear that we're experiencing is just a sign of excitement but it's disguised as fear you know it's a it's an indication that we're leveling up in our lives if we hate public speaking and we go on a podcast or something like that you know yeah I couldn't agree more like I think from my point of view like I have always known about the phrase imposter syndrome and again heard it as a very like female focused phrase and phenomenon where it's kind of us that are experiencing it more so um but I'd say I've I've never given it enough weight to for myself personally to say like I've suffered from imposter syndrome or I've experienced imposter syndrome in my life um I always just bring it back to nerves um but yeah I like to tell myself that you know you are capable and you can do it um, and not label it. And I think that reflecting on what we've just spoken about, that has really helped me to always do things regardless of how I'm feeling. So I feel lucky in the sense that it's never stopped me from doing anything, but I could absolutely, absolutely understand how um, it could stop you from doing so many things. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the perfect way to describe it. If, if there's one takeaway from the podcast, do what Sarah just said. <laughs> Uh, in my opinion, is think about it like nerves and that could be of excitement or whatever else. I guess it's just re, like as we were speaking about, just rephrasing the narrative in your own mind. As I guess, you know, these nerves or self-doubt, something (laughs) that you continue to deal with. Like, do you think it's something that you will deal with forever or do you think it's something you can manage to the point where you don't notice it as much? Yeah, great question. So I guess the first part, I it's definitely something that I experience every day. And I, I think a lot of it comes back to me questioning my intelligence, essentially, and whether my ideas are good enough and whether I should be in the room with these other people and are they going to laugh at my job, uh, my ideas and things like that. So that's probably yeah. the bulk of it, which I think many people can probably relate to. Absolutely. Um, but, speaking my yeah, right? thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of long-term, I think it is, it's a voice in your head that you learn how to quiet. Um, but I don't know if it ever goes away. I think it is mm. going to be there in some way. 
but I think you learn strategies to manage it. So I guess something that's worked really well for me has been looking for evidence to back up what the thought in my head. So mm. if it's like, I'm not intelligent, that could be the thing. What evidence do I have that suggests that that's true? Do I get feedback from other people that tell me, Christine, you're so dumb? You know, no, I don't. So that's not true. <laughs> yeah. And I think also analyzing why yeah I mean it's the same thing like what evidence is being used to back that up and why do I think that in the first place like has that come from a place of like I've brought that out internally or that's as a result of other people in the room or whatever it is because I've like tried to do this a lot more recently where I think okay where am I pulling this from and it's the same thing where you know when you get into a situation and you just feel like someone doesn't like you or like some you feel like you're not I don't know, there's just some kind of weird energy or tension. I like to think, is that me bringing this in here? And is it even real and happening? Or is that actually as a result of the environment I've been put in? And so often when you try to think about it logically, like emotionally removed from the situation, you realize that you're bringing in a lot of that yourself. And although, you know, in real, there's a lot of power in realizing that. And I don't think that means that you can instantly just change but I do think that there's strength in being able to recognize that you are bringing it in yourself and then that empowers you to change it from there. It kind of makes me think of the loud, like the loudest voice in the room is not always the most intelligent one, right? Mm. So, <laughs> you know, confidence is not necessarily a reflection of um, competence. And I think this is also yeah. something that is often misconstrued with things like introversion. So people who mm-hmm. tend to be a little bit more quiet, it doesn't mean that their ideas are any less valuable or that they're incapable. It's perhaps that they don't feel the need to yell their ideas across the room or, or that they just have learned how to communicate that differently or things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But often, so I guess linking it to what you just said, I felt like that walking into rooms as well where you feel like people completely dominate the space and then it makes you feel like you need to shrivel up or like Mm. kind of be smaller in their presence, but absolutely not. (laughs) If anything, I like stand up. (laughs) Yeah. Through the time that I've known you, I feel like I've watched you build your career um, in a really exciting and what seems like a quick progression. And that has only proven to me that you are just so incredibly intelligent and good at what you do. And so what, aside from what you've already said already around recognizing, you know, what's the evidence to prove what you're thinking, what are some steps that you've taken to remove self-doubt from your career journey? Well, firstly, thanks so much. That was so nice. (laughs) Um, And I guess to answer your question, I remember watching this video a while back and it essentially was, you say in your set, your head three, two, one, and you do it anyway. Mm. So you don't let your head kind of catch up with the self-doubt. And I think that's a big one of you do the thing regardless of how you feel and you have other people to hold you accountable. I think that's also another one is surrounding your pe- yourself with people who will push you and challenge you and drive you forward regardless of the fear that's in the way. I think also declaring what you want to achieve. So perfect example, Kat is great at public speaking, in my opinion, and she's a badass. Mm. But I, when we first started the podcast, I was terrified and I thought I'd stutter and, you know, have to re-edit it four times yeah. <laughs> because I was so nervous. But she was really great in that. She was like, no, we're doing it and you're, I'm going to throw you on the deep end. It's yeah. going to happen and we're going to move forward. 
you know? Yeah. And I think you can imagine, like, no, I, yeah, I was going to say, I, was like, I can be. imagine exactly how this went down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think, I think you need those people in your life that really yes. push you to do better, regardless, you know, at the time you might hate them or be like, why are you making me do this? But <laughs> it's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah, totally. And I think there's so much value in um, friendships or relationships where you feel, where you do feel pushed and like even down to brutal honesty. Like I think there's something so kind in a person who's willing to be, uh, like is willing to be honest with you and is willing to push you to do things because they know that you're capable. And if someone maybe didn't care about you as much, they wouldn't have any interest in pushing you. So it's something important to look for in all of your relationships, I believe, as well. And I was going to say, it just makes me think of, you know, when you have stuff in your teeth and you're like, are you a real friend if you yeah. tell me or not? <laughs> yes, yes, it's so true. It's like one of those little defining things. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, mm, wait, you're dead to me if you don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so true. I guess, you know, you're doing your course at the moment, which is quite a big financial investment. And how do you look to practice this in your everyday moving forward? Yeah, great question. So I think the first one is understanding myself better. So I think a lot of the time we're told to to make decisions um, with our head and our logic rather than our intuition. And so mm-hmm. when you can understand what you stand for, what your values are, um, and then how do you make decisions from a place of alignment from your values rather than what society is telling you to do or what the logical choices and things like that that's what I'm trying to work on is how do I be authentically me in every moment and mm-hmm. also how, like how that plays out in my day to day. If I'm having a conversation with someone and they say something that I don't agree with, old Christine would sit back and sit and be like, oh, you know, it's okay. And maybe current Christine would probably still do that, but <laughs> where I'd like to get to <laughs> is, yeah, always, always. And where I'd like to get to is being able to stand up and say, no, actually, I don't agree with that. Or mm. if someone is talking about someone that I know, I want to be feel confident enough that I can say, can you stop? Like, this is not a place to do that mm. with or around me because I think it's so easy to kind of sit back and let that happen. And that in itself is how I see myself building confidence is kind of that owning my voice and standing up if I have something to say. Mm. That's really cool. I love that so much. And um, I speak about intuition and trusting that so much because ever since I started doing that, that is when I felt like I've truly um, been making the right choices. And like every good decision I've made has been from intuition, from gut. And I feel like often, you know, you have those experiences where you either just know or you don't. And there's so much power in trusting just what you feel you know. I've spoken to so many people recently and business owners or founders of um, companies where they've just said, you know, a lot of the decisions they made were because it just felt right and then it was right. And I think often you do know and it can be a big shift in personal growth to be able to trust that. But like you said, knowing your values um, will make that all the more easier and decisions just become so much clearer. Yeah, definitely. I think also there's a big piece around seeking external validation here mm-hmm. versus making the decision yourself. Yes, in so- some circumstances, it's good to get a second perspective, like uh, for the podcast, Cat needed to push me. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but 
in a lot of other ways, you know what is right for you. Like deep down, if you really sat down and thought about it and you didn't have the weight of the world on your shoulders and all the external like blah that happens around you every day, you would be able to make effectively make decisions that are truly aligned to where you want your life to go. It just takes kind of cutting through the layers of of the onion essentially and shutting out all the noise especially like social media oh my goodness don't even get me started on that (laughs) yeah exactly and that's just yeah a whole other thing but making sure you're um creating a space for yourself online that's actually promoting the things you want to do the person you want to be oh well thank you so much for jumping on christine this has been awesome and time just flies talking to you so uh, I'm so glad that we got the chance to sit down and chat about it because you've given me a few ideas for myself as well this is something I yeah it's a constant battle and so if you're listening to this thinking that we've got it handled like trust us it's yeah definitely rest assured yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so yeah no thank you so much for your time again no worries thanks for um jumping on with me too and I just agree I looked up I was like 34 minutes how did that happen (laughs) so yeah it's so fun all right guys thank you so much for listening I really hope you were able to take something valuable away um be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at the one up project and I'll catch you on the next one